0: Where you know what I want to know, and you can answer this for me where do uh can you hear me?
1: Oh I keep flipping my microphone and forgetting to do it go ahead
0: uh where do Christians get this idea that um you know like they say that uh if a person is evil, they can't really speak the name of Jesus or something like that uh-huh. Because, you know, like, I'll say, like, for instance, the reason why I bring that up is I'll say something like, you know, mom, I don't know why you watch Benny Hinn and I don't know why you watch, because they're, you know, they're all Illuminati or whatever like that. And my mom's like, no, they, they, you know, she'll bring up something about how the, the demon, like, if they had demons, they wouldn't be able to speak the name of Jesus because some, I don't know. But I told my mom that the name Jesus was a psyop anyway.
1: Yeah, well, when they're uh, saying that word there, um, they're actually saying the correct name, and uh, I'm not saying that we don't have it. Some people think it could be Yeshua, Yahshua, or more likely Yehoshua, uh, but that was the that was the proper name back then, um, and so people are assuming it's Jesus. And Jesus is not even tran- transliteration, but anyway, um, that, that's they have that like kind of this folk. A Christian folk belief. They actually have a Wikipedia article on uh, like, like folk beliefs and I think Christian folk religion. It's a religion of the people. It's just very simple They're uneducated people and so you have basically all these little theological old wives tales that circulate and because people don't do research they just hear things and just repeat them or believe them without any critical thinking whatsoever so there's a passage i'm not sure if it's first corinthians or second corinthians where it says no no man can call jesus lord except by the holy spirit that's what you're talking about and so what they're trying to do is make you believe this absurd position that a satanist cannot say that he can't speak that with his mouth these are people who don't understand that the whole christian church is heavily infiltrated yeah. And the Pope, who's a Satanist, he can get up there with what's called these encyclical letters, and they're theologically precise. I mean, you look at them, because people are saying, well, the Roman Catholic Church, they've got a horrible theology. Yeah, but they can, um, they can create documents that are theologically perfect if they want to, and you look at it, and you're going, well, this is actually pretty good, you know I mean? See, just because you're a Satanist doesn't mean you can't speak the truth. That's this naive belief, okay? And so what that passage is saying is that the Holy Spirit enables you to do that. Um, you kind of have to interpret it with, uh, in context with other passages, you know. It's a gift um, from the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't mean that you physically can't speak those words. That That's completely absurd. Yeah. And the only person who would believe something like that is someone who actually believes that there's no infiltrator. Because if there are infiltrators, I'm talking about, you know, like... Um, a Satanist that is a pastor at some megachurch. He talks just like anybody else. There's no, you know, he's not suffering from vocabulary. You know, he can, he can speak all the words, yes. It just shows you how, see how naive that interpretation is. I've talked about that before on a show sometime. You know, people wonder about it because they never really hear the truth expressed. Some of the things that are in the Bible, I mean, they're kind of hard to figure out. We've been talking about this, you know, and we'll say, don't call anyone father or have something on your head or don't call anyone rabbi. It means those things in certain contexts, or it's a Jewish idiom or something like that. It's more complex than people think. So if you don't know all that, it's kind of hard to interpret it. But anyway. So, do you have to work tomorrow or what?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do.
1: What time? You must not have to get up early.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I do, but I actually took, like, a really long nap earlier today.
1: Oh. Okay. So, I'm
0: like, I don't know. I'm buzzing a little bit.
1: Well, um, when you were younger, isn't it true that you didn't have to take naps? Oh,
0: yeah. In fact, I used to fight them.
1: Well, let me ask you. I mean, um, of course, you know, it's funny. You take them when you're a child. And then you go through this period where you don't take them when you're teenagers. And then you get, the older you get, the more you the more you take them, they get longer and longer. But anyway, um, the world is getting increasingly toxic and people are getting more toxic. And is it true that when, I mean, isn't it true that when you would eat something like when you were younger, it could be anything. Well, you actually said the exception was like McDonald's, but you didn't really have any downtime on digesting it. Didn't you just have kind of you know, regular old energy levels no matter what you ate, wasn't that true? Generally yeah. speaking. Are you yeah. are you feeling that um are you sensing that um you are know, losing a little bit of energy when you eat now? Uh you know it's a change I guess that?
0: I I guess so, yeah. Okay. I tend to feel a little more tired like after eating.
1: Yeah. Well it it, it gets worse as you get older and uh I, I have downtime but I notice it because I'm an intellectual so I don't even try to think I just uh I just kick back and put on a on a my iPod and just uh listen to that kind of stuff and just digest my food man because it's not happening you know and I feel tired and I'm not eating this junk that other people are That's part of getting old you know <clears throat> And I, uh, I take probiotics um, that help you to digest the food and, you know, still a bit of a problem. But, you know, when I was a kid, I don't remember uh, – I could just eat anything and just run around and do crazy stuff. But I don't remember any downtime. I didn't take naps. It's amazing, you know.
0: Yeah, me either.
1: But I've never heard somebody say what you said about McDonald's. But you actually notice the food. Yeah. You must be um, kind of sensitive because... But you
0: know what it is, though, also, is uh, people ignore their body. No, mm. they do. Like, because um, I... I mean, I'm not going to say I don't eat fast food at all because that, that would be a lie. I, I do indulge in fast food every once in a while. But I just... I I, I always noticed with McDonald's... Um, there, there was no getting around it. I, even if I only, it's not because I would stuff my face till I was full and then that's what made me sick. There were times where all I would get is just like a cheeseburger, right? And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I would still feel like complete shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like what food is supposed to make you feel that way? Actual food, you know what I mean?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then fries, the, you know the McDonald's fries, I used to be obsessed with um and if you ever noticed uh McDonald's fries in specific if they're left out they don't um they don't decomp like uh what do you call what's the word
1: probably deteriorate
0: yeah they turn into like a hard crusty styrofoam mm-hmm. and you can and uh, you know I have friends that have kids and stuff like that and they get their kids at McDonald's and then you go in their car and their car is dirty with Crusty French fries in between the seeds. You wonder how long they've been sitting there, and they don't um, mold. They don't, you know. They it's 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 really freaky. Mm-hmm. And then you can never reheat them. You know that's another thing. You know it's got to make you wonder. They're not food.
1: No. Well, I was just talking to a guy here that knows nothing about food. Yet he was talking about uh, McDonald's french fries and how he would uh, buy a hamburger at McDonald's and then buy the french fries at uh, Burger King because he he could tell that something was wrong with him.
0: I saw a, uh, a funny thing, a funny, like, uh, picture. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm going to send it to you. And it was like a thing about Monsanto. And it looked like a a can of Spam, right? It was the shape of a can of Spam. And all it said on it was the word food. And then, uh, hold on. I'm going to read it to you right now. Let me see if I can find it here. Okay so on it it says it says the word food in big black letters and then it says Monsanto on it and then it says where it says ingredients it says none of your business <laughs> Yeah, stop Probably. asking questions and just eat it
1: <laughs> yeah well they're like that across the board they're arrogant and uh, like I said on the show they don't uh, they don't they don't tell you the, the vital information from the, the voting machines you can't access it I'm talking about individual voting machines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll tell you the stats later on the news or something. You know? But now you can't access the individual voting machine. Oh, OK. Well, how do you know the election is genuine? Well, I guess you wouldn't. Would you? But that's OK. You know, you can you trust just need, your
0: government. You just, I was going to say, you just need to be a good little slave. Be a good boy. Go, go do your voting and then. Yeah. Shove the American flag right up your butt and watch the news. Well, the thing is, you see, they do this across the board,
1: but people don't notice. They never give you the vital statistics about anything. Because
0: people get so um, worked up when they think about their country. Like, oh, this is America. This is the greatest country. People um, get so worked up and then they get offended and they think you're anti-American if you say that you don't vote or you don't. You know, oh, you're not contributing to society. You're not being civil. You're, you're you know, you're not doing your civil duty. Like, um, I've heard it all. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. If they want to uh, believe that America is a certain way, and they have an emotional attachment to that, and they don't want to let it go. It'd be traumatic, you know. And actually, that's one of the ways they get away with this stuff, because if you come up with something that would uh, cause them to be traumatized, like a radical truth, you know, big lie or a big truth, they can't receive it, because their whole world would come crumbling down, like humpty-dumpty. Yeah. So they don't, you know, they may be kind of a polite and listen to you a little bit, but you can tell they're not uh, not really listening. It's just kind of fake. Just going through the motions... Because once you say something that they think is too radical, they, they they check out, man. So after a while, you get kind of good at this, and you go, ah, oh, he's checking out, and then I'm just talking to myself, so I'm not even gonna
0: waste my time. And you know what I noticed too is there will be I've you know along the way I've found people who will um, actually listen to what I have to say and kind of be like, you know, wow, that's that's interesting, that you know. You know, I believe that. That's crazy. But then, like, at some point, it doesn't stick.
1: Absolutely. That's what I thought you were going to say, because there's a lot of people out there. uh, You can say just about anything to them. There's all kinds of different types of people. And this is the kind of people that nod their head and get really big and go, wow, and that's interesting. But the next day, it's like it never even happened. They just go on as if they never
0: heard. You know who's like that? My dad. Really? Yeah, because um, we've had some pretty in-depth conversations about conspiracy and stuff like that. And he'll listen and he'll even be like, wow, you know, that's crazy because, you know. And he'll he'll get in and on, a, on an intense conversation with me. And then the very next day, go right back to watching, uh, you know, Pat Robertson or uh, who's that guy, that Jewish guy that always comes on the Christian network and he does like a whole Jewish thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of his favorite people, and then you're uh, not talking about John Heggy, are you? No, 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 ew, definitely not him. Um, they, and they're also obsessed with Sid Roth. Like, that guy's so annoying.
1: hmm Well, um, you know, you I we did this podcast with your dad, and we talked about Messianic Judaism and it sat around uh, for quite a while. And I actually uploaded that thing. You probably didn't know that. No. Did you know that we have audio in in room two? Uh, room two A on Talkshoe.
0: Um, I know that you have a lot of audio that you haven't put up. That's that's in yeah. the rooms, but you haven't actually like
1: you know. Well we have a room two on uh iTunes. It's kind of a ghost room. I can't put stuff in there anymore. But we have a uh a room two A on Talkshoe that i can't get on itunes so there's like two room rooms that have you know two them, and that's where i uploaded that conversation with your dad but um that was a pretty good conversation actually we were talk- I honestly
0: i i don't even remember most of what was said
1: uh it was about uh january of 2013 i was still living in the other house Yeah,
0: But like, I mean, I remember you were trying to, um, I forget, I was telling you something about what sparked us even having the thing with my dad was I was telling you about his belief system and mm-hmm. you were saying you really um, wanted to get it on may, the It may have been
1: the Blood Moons.
0: Oh yeah, he's or like. Or did a, that come later? I think that came later yeah, though. Yeah, that
1: did come later. We never got around to talking about that. He was really,
0: like, super into the Blood Moon thing.
1: Yeah. Well, we have a podcast up there with Blood Moons in the title, but I just said it off the top of my head. But all these calendars are invalid, so whoever created these calendars, they actually synced them up with the Blood Moons. I don't think the Blood Moons are fake. I mean, I've actually thought... You have to think about that. You know, I think the moons are real. And, um... But because um, there is a false moon out there and there's a dark moon that we've talked about. It gets kind of confusing for people. But um, they knew that these things were going to happen. They could project into the future. And so they synced the calendar up to make it look as if this is significant in order to create an agenda that's favorable for them. And uh, if I understood him correctly, this spirit cleaner guy. Well, I want to talk about him a little bit. Um, He understands this, that they had to do it from way back, if I understood him correctly. But you were, um, curious about CERN, and, uh, you could listen to his uh, show on uh, Spirit Cleaner Chronicles, because he talks a lot about CERN. I have yet to investigate that.
0: Like debunking CERN?
1: No, not debunking it, um... He thinks it's real important. He has a different perspective. I talked to to him about it for a while because uh, we did a podcast together. I think the title was called "Anti-Hierarchy Rituals." That's what I called it. But if you're curious about, them, I mean, it's a huge subject. I mean, I've 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 listened to podcasts. Um, I try to educate myself to, to to say something about it, and it's just so broad that I'm just going, "Whoa, man!" I mean, this is like a really big subject, you know. But what I'm what I'm good at is like the big picture. And, yeah. Uh, how does this fit into the big picture? And the first thing you have to know is they have a technology as far in advance of that, and you don't hear people talk about that. I mean, it's just basic common sense to me. And so they're trying to get people to focus on CERN or focus on HARP or focus on, uh, you know, Bloom beam project. All this technology is archaic. I mean, we know that. Um, we know that um that they were trying to get people to focus on harp when they had technology that was harp like, it was all across America. But they don't talk about that. So that's how you know something's haywire right there. They're compartmentalizing information to make it efficient propaganda. And give it it's the magician's trick. Give you something to focus on, but that doesn't mean that CERN is not important. I, I actually think it is.
0: Like it's gonna play a role in the big picture. Well, I came up with
1: a scapegoat theory. I usually come up with theories that other people don't have. So that you know, that's what I call scapegoat, that harp is a scapegoat, scapegoat technology, CERN is a scapegoat. And uh, they're using some kind of superior technology, but what's interesting is since they turn this project on, um, there are anomalies that are occurring. That appear to be uh, directly related to it, at least time-wise, and you're just going, "Oh my God," you know. And uh, I didn't know this at first, but that doesn't prove anything to me. It would that would prove something that is, for just by anybody that's reasonably conspiratorial, you know what I mean? But it doesn't it doesn't prove it to me because I I'm going to assume that. That's going to be caused by higher technology, and they're blaming it. They're giving something for you to focus on. Oh, CERN is doing this, but if they have higher technology, why wouldn't they use it? Yeah. Okay, so there's this tendency for Dave to just you know wipe his hand and go. It has nothing to do with CERN whatsoever. Um, and just to just show you know, I, I don't necessarily do that. I keep um, evaluating my own uh, beliefs, and I actually came up with a theory. On how these things could actually be caused by CERN. The only way that they could be caused by CERN, in my estimation, is if um, if God... See, they have all kinds of technology. That doesn't mean that God lets them use it. They have technology to blow this planet up. He doesn't allow them to do that. You know what I mean? He has not allowed them to blow off a single a suitcase nuke. Some people say there is no technology. Or... Um, some kind of a bacterial uh, virus you can drop from a uh, a plane over a city it's a little bit harder than you think but you can't do that kind of thing it's never happened so that's telling me that God is preventing this and I've gone into complex theories about how the Illuminati themselves prevent this because they want to do it uh, in a way at some future date that benefits them in a ritualistic manner so it's all i got to be controlled so that means they'll actually prevent these things from occurring, uh, and that's why they don't occur. And the big picture is actually God controlling the whole thing, working through the Illuminati, as usual. Okay? So I came up with a theory that um, God may limit them and say, you know, you're not going to use this technology. You've heard, probably heard me talk about the bumping into God principle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Where well, they try to do things with technology and god just says no you're not going to do that this this has to be true uh, on appearances it looks like the luminaries run a while but behind the scenes angels are pre- preventing them from doing all kinds of crazy stuff every day and they actually work in conjunction with angels as far as like you know in opposition there's like a constant ongoing tension warfare we want to call it and so in this theory Um, God actually limits the technology they can use to the certain level now I can't prove that wrong but what I can prove in my mind anyway they've got technology that's way above that you've got to think they are not going to tell you the highest level of technology that they have they're never going to do that why can't people see that never ever, 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 ever so if you just knew that it's just basic logic so, therefore, the scapegoat principle has to be true unless God is actually limited to discern. And I think that's highly unlikely. So, I think that, you know, when they were using technology at the first, um, they were using technology to direct that hurricane against New York uh, with the first Sandy Psyhop. Because, you know, there's two of them. The first one, had, the second one had to do with the children, remember? You know, the school? The first Sandy Psyhop, Yeah, San, Well, Sandy hook yeah yeah um i just call them sandy psyops, but uh the first one had to do with the hurricane and i don't believe that they were using harp like technology and what will happen is that they um they'll have these events and then on youtube you'll have some site exposing how they turned harp on you know like say with katrina yeah
0: yeah
1: if they did turn it on i think it was uh, to, to misdirect people And and they're actually using a superior technology. So that's what I believe they were doing back then. So it would make perfect sense that I would uh, conclude the same thing now. But but I can't actually prove it. These people think they got it all figured out, and it's all about CERN. This is simplistic thinking. You can't just watch YouTube videos and uh, just repeat what other people are saying because a lot of that stuff is just being trolled out there to lead people off in the wrong direction. And you can see that when I – I have a – Distinctive opinion about most of these subjects. So you can tell that I've actually done some thinking. Where the YouTube citers they're just cutting and pasting information.
0: Yeah, they, uh misdirection is a magician's number one trick. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I was going to say, did you ever see, uh, going back to YouTube, did you ever see um, the Norwegian spiral?
1: Yeah. That's now. Quite- Go ahead.
0: What, I mean, what, okay, so obviously you're going to have all these people speculating what that is, and, like, you know, you got the, you got these people, uh, like, these Norwegian scientists saying that it was just a a failed missile launch, and then, like, you have all the conspiracy theorists speculating that um, it had to do with CERN, and that was, like, a portal that CERN opened, and all this kind of stuff. Like, what's your take on that?
1: Um. You know, I'd have to go back and refresh my memory, but uh...
0: – Because obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I, it just in my opinion, I don't think that the video itself is faked. But um, it's pretty obvious that they have some kind of tech if, – if not just some kind of holographic technology to make that happen in the sky. Yeah,
1: I, I assumed that that was all real and they were using uh, – it doesn't have to be holographic. But um, I could be wrong, but I thought that there was supposed to be some correlation uh, with CERN because you know CERN's been around quite a while. And uh, but then again, you see, if you go back to my scapegoat theory, that doesn't mean it has anything to do with CERN. But they're making it look like it has to do with CERN.
0: Yeah. So I think it's the same thing there. So I mean, like, what what's your like opinion? What do you think? What do you think that, that Norwegian spiral, Like, what do you think that was, or what did it have to do with?
1: Um, when they do things like this, they always seem to have some kind of esoteric purpose behind it all. And I would have to go back and refresh my memory uh, to get to that level. Um, they've done some interesting things in uh, Norway. One of them is See, I don't believe that the uh, the black metal genre of um, heavy metal just spontaneously happened. You know what I mean? I think they did that, and they did it in Norway for some reason. And it's stuff like that that they do locally. Um, I think they were communi- communicating something... Um, with that spiral that was esoteric, but I can't uh, i can't recall what it could be. In fact, I don't think I ever really figured it out. Because I don't think I focused on it too much. But I, I believe that it was, you know, artificial. And of course, it's crying out that it's artificial. I mean, what the heck would it be? How could it not be artificial? The average person looks at that, he just draws a blank. He's just con- hes bombarded with so much information on a daily, weekly basis. He can't really focus on anything that much unless he's really attracted to it for some reason to actually analyze it and he doesn't really have enough information to analyze it properly anyway so it's just kind of a big collective huh yeah Right. I don't know they just move on to the next thing
0: yeah see and that's that's my thing I didn't think that um, that was an actual like portal or anything it looked like it was some kind of like hologram, like or some kind of technology that they kind of beamed into the sky to make it look like it was something mm-hmm uh, oh, that's what I felt uh, like refreshed my
1: memory was that like a um was it like a vortex cloud formation
0: it looked yeah it looked like a vortex it looked like it was like um a beam of light and it was in the form of vortex and it was like spinning like a vortex. Mm -hmm. And then um, you're watching this thing spin, and then all of a sudden, from the middle of the vortex, opens, like, this black hole, and it's, like, spinning. And it's, like, a huge black hole. It almost looks like an opening, like a, like an opening in, like, dead, in, like, just complete air. Like, it just looks like an opening in the sky. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks, from what you can see in in the crappy video, it looks legit, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I feel like they have technology to make, if they have technology to make a fake sky for us, then they have technology to do that, to make a fake, like, I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they have a real moon and a real sun. And after that, uh, I can't be certain anything is real. And they got a fake moon. Now, they also have a fake sun, too. I just don't talk about it more because they're... they're well, this is supposedly like over in China or up in the Arctic Circle. If that's the proper terminology. They have a secondary sun, that appears. But sometimes it's right along the uh, the regular sun. Um... Now I actually believe in a secondary Sun but I've always assumed that that Sun is just um, some kind of projection or something like that because there's a dark Sun I don't think that's a dark Sun I think they're doing that um, it's kinda like an obscure form of predictive programming because my understanding is this, um, this dark Sun is supposed to become visible and that will probably happen Um, after the new exodus, the people leave and the the true antichrist comes into power. That'd be the logical time, you know, because it represents him, you see. So.
0: I finally got around to, um, actually sitting through and watching the opening ceremony for the, uh, the London Olympics from like what was it 2012 or really? 2013 mm-hmm. I never got I never watched it but I finally did thought it was really interesting
1: yeah I was all over that thing I talked about it
0: yeah I remember and from that I was meaning to watch it and I never got to
1: yeah I've talked about it from time to time
0: it was really creepy.
1: Yeah, that baby that they had in there.
0: That gigantic baby with the...
1: No, I said it has to do with death. If you look at the baby, it looks like it's dead.
0: Well, it had like a hole in
1: its head. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that child... See, a coming child. It, you got to know there's a, there's a child that's coming. See, people don't know that. They haven't even heard about it. It's right in Micah three it's a preeminent child and the birth of this child signals a new era that has to do with the restoration of israel it says israel will be abandoned until the time until um a woman bears a child or something like that i can't even remember it now but that's what it has to do with so and it's not talking about virgin mary in the first century because um the period of abandonment begins And then culminates with the birth of the child That's the exact opposite of what happened in the first century In the first century, God abandoned his people And now we're waiting for the child as a sign that he's, he's come back to us You know what I mean? And Christians don't know that they've been abandoned by God And every time I say they have to qualify it It's not really talking about individuals It's talking about a corporate thing And what that thing is, is Israel He destroyed Israel And the problem is that Christians don't know that they are Israel. They think that that is them, us versus them. You know, they're over there. No, we're – everybody's Israel. All there is. There's just one Israel. There's not two. And uh, and that's it. It's real simple. People have um, embraced uh, Roman Catholic propaganda, and then they uh, embraced a new form of uh, Jesuit propaganda – in The 19th century, which was created as a uh, the antithesis of all that, and then you're supposed to choose uh, between one or the other, and they got you either way. You know, a lot of times the truth is something you never hear. If people don't think that way. Oh, well, that's too radical, Dave. You know, God's going to get the truth out there so people can hear it. Not if we're under a uh, long-term extended punishment. So, yeah, um, I guess the the Norway Spiral, um, they're going to use some kind of advanced technology there. But I'm skeptical about all this porthole stuff. I think that they actually put the porthole and the wormhole stuff. I'm not trying to say that there's not portals because I believe there is. Um, But I think they push a lot of that stuff. They also push the Stargate stuff. You know, like the theory that um, the Tower of Babel was a Stargate. You, look at, you don't have enough vital information to um, to prove something like that. So if you can't prove it, you shouldn't really speculate about it too much. So you can talk about it. Like there's just one lady that wrote a whole book. The thesis of the book is that, you know, the Tower of Babel was a, was a, um, what's that one movie where they had all this Egyptian stuff in there?
0: Uh, you're not talking about the Fifth Element, are you?
1: No. Well, they can jump from one reality to another through these portals.
0: Oh, um, Jumper. No. No. I think they Jumper went to a planet you know?
1: where they had. looked like everybody was a kind of Egyptian. It was like this was Illuminati run. It's funny because um,
0: is this like a. I'm trying to think. It sounds like familiar what you've you're telling watched, me.
1: You've watched it. <laughs> Stargate. Oh, I actually never seen Stargate. Oh, really? Well, that's what they're talking about. It's a Stargate, you know. And I mean, the Stargate, I'm not, I've am not. i said over and over again, and obviously everything you know, everything's not in the Bible, but I mean, Stargate is not in the Bible. And uh, it's something that's highly speculative. And so, you know, if you want to theorize about that, that's fine, but don't write a whole book about that. It's just... Um, it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, there's so many things to write about. How, how could you get motivated to focus on that, you know? So I think those kind of theories uh, come from them because it gets us off the track, focus on these peripherals, and because they, um, they're they kind of sensationalistic. You know, that's what people are interested in is it's sensational because the, the fundamental stuff about Christianity is actually kind of boring to people, and I've talked about that. By the way, I, I pushed the record button about over 30 minutes ago, but you haven't said anything, you know, personal. It may not even work. It's a Skype recorder. Yeah. I'll probably never do anything with it. But...
0: Well, I was thinking about just going off to bed because I'm getting yeah, a right. little tired. Yeah. Well, you can do that. But we'll have to... um. Getting together if
1: we can, yeah. If you want to hear more about Skype, I mean, I, I gave you the import that's what's important, or oh, excuse me, Skype CERN. Uh, Johnny can talk off the top of his head about that more than I can
0: because he did a show on it. There's supposed to be like um, uh, a September date, oh, yeah, something, something about a September date that they're supposed to be doing something with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, um, the Pope is supposed to be addressing uh, the nation with Obama. He's got some announcement he's going to make.
1: Mm-hmm. On the 23rd, and that just happens to be the same day as uh, Yom Kippur, uh, the Day of Atonement. And so, uh, they're syncing these um, calendars up ahead of time with these blood moons and they're orchestrating all this, all this stuff. I I'll be talking. It about, I'll be talking about that before September, unless something goes massively wrong. Because I'm studying it right now. I've got show notes on it. I don't know why I wouldn't talk about it. I, well, you yeah, already talked. I already talked about it in the last show a little bit. A guy asked me about it, so.
0: I was gonna to do with. They're making such a big deal about it. Well, the the you know the some of these. Christian networks, like the these conspiracy Christian networks, these mm-hmm. fake ones,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're starting – da- see, my dad watches those too, Yeah, and my dad will – he'll bring it up to me, oh, do you know about this September date with the Pope and all that? And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's even significant or if that's even going to take place.
1: Well, anyway, on the show, the last one we did, uh, the title is um, Alien Messiah. That's part of the title. Um, I, I talked about this kind of stuff and uh, how you would, you would just assume that it's going to be uh, you know, false predictive programming. But I, what I said is that uh, there's never been as much predictive programming in the history of the world. It's obvious. I've been watching it ever since 9-11 and before that, you know, with my finger on the pulse pretty much. And there's never been anything like this before. This is unbelievable. And uh so people will make judgments about it ahead of time based on their perception of reality and the level of knowledge that they have. But I came up with a theory that um eventually these things are going to happen, and they may actually come out and tell you that it's going to happen ahead of time. You have to seriously consider that they would do that. and the reason I'm saying that is because people don't think along those lines. And uh, what's supposed to happen is the Davidic prince is supposed to um, make his appearance. And I'm suspicious that um, something may actually happen next month. Because this is supposed to happen early. But if that happens, then there has to be a war or an economic uh, major downslide. Because he has to repair things. If there's a war, he'll end it, you know, temporarily at least he's not going to be around for very long. He'll be like Moses, you know. And, um, but see, people have been programmed to believe that if there's a war or, you know, a peace pact or something like that, that's the Antichrist. So see, the propaganda is not for people that are, um, have a lot of discernment. It's designed to fool the masses. And so if you're looking at this stuff critically, you can actually see on a percentage basis what they're doing with the propaganda.
0: They're trying to get us to reject the... The,
1: Yeah. Well, you can just call him Elijah if you want. But if he's going to be what Christians think is the Antichrist, the Antichrist will come later, he has to be the king of the world. Otherwise, he won't qualify for that. Because that sounds pretty extreme. What? you know? Well, he'd have to be. So it's just a question of whether he comes or not. And you can prove that everything is wrong because... um, even though the book of Revelation is not chronological or linear, um, you know, the, the, the chapter headings are artificial, but you can see um, there's a chronological flow between uh, Revelation 12 and Revelation 13, and Revelation 13 is where the beast appears, and um, in Revelation 12, the woman, she flies into the wilderness, is actually an exodus rapture, and God's people are gathered all over the earth, to the place of protection. And this is a three and a half year period, which would be the first portion of a seven year period. See, I think this Exodus is in the or rapture, I think it's in the middle of the seven year period. And um obviously if God's people are being gathered, you know, it says that they're taken to this place to be to be nourished. Well I know what the nourishment is. It's spiritual food. Obviously it's real food too. Why would it say that they're going to be nourished physically? That We don't need to know that. Obviously, that's going to happen. They're all going to die. But it may have to include that. I don't know. But the prophet is the one that feeds them with truth because it's a restoration of truth. So obviously, he's going to be there. He'll be there at the beginning of seven years. And uh, so that gives you the time sequencing there. And then when they leave... The dragon is left at the shore of the sea. And then it says they went off to make war against the rest of God's people who hold to his commandments. And then all of a sudden this beast rises out of the sea. And it talks about another three and a half years. Well, this is telling you that the good stuff comes first and the bad stuff comes later. It's right there in the book of Revelation.
0: And we have it backwards. Well, I mean. Yeah, it's all
1: backwards. You know they're going to do that.
0: These Christians think that. They think that, uh, oh, you know, the Antichrist is going to come into power and we're going to go through all this crap and, you know, then then God's going to rapture us up and all this kind of stuff.
1: Right? Well, what they teach most of them is that the rapture will occur first and then the Antichrist will come. But uh, the rapture is not going to happen unless there's some kind of a fake one. And that's, I've, I've thought about this because if there's not a fake one, then it's going to be obvious right away that we've been lied to because it all starts off with a rapture, see – and then the seven-year tribulation periods happen. Well, there's no rapture.
0: How the heck would they make... How would they pull off a fake rapture?
1: Uh, the Illuminati could do it. It would take some work. They'd use some holographic technology. And they ha- they'd ha- A lot of people would have to disappear. And uh, it would be obvious that they're gone. But they're just... Um, they've already done this kind of stuff before. You know, individuals... And they don't come back, you know. They just disappear them. They just leave, you know.
0: Well, where do they go? Do they well, let them?
1: me – they actually um, – let me say they actually have the technology to pull off a fake rapture. Let me explain that. Um, they have abductions with military uh, industrial-type technology. They have the ability – See, I'm saying that these are not caused by aliens. The aliens are fake. They're, they're seeing aliens. Sometimes the aliens are the quote-unquote aliens, okay? I mean, they're real. The, you know, the little green men, whatever you want to call them, the greys, they're real, okay? They can come into your bedroom. Um, other times, they're projections. Other times, when they abduct you, and they do that different ways, um, they give you a memory of them. In other words, there was no actual beings at all. You were uh, um, experimented on by these satanic doctors. People have woke up on, uh, in a medical room and everybody's speaking German, like a bunch of Nazis or something. And then they will also remember um, these alien beings, you see, because things – the human mind is very complex. You're not going to have 100 percent success rate trying to give an embedded of memory of, uh, of aliens, you know. And so anyway, here's the thing. They can take you with, like, Star uh, Trek uh, technology, uh, at least partially dematerialize you, kind of like when Jesus walks through a wall. They can take you right through that wall, pull you out of your home. This is really scary because they're doing this with a lot of people, and there's a huge cover-up, and they're trying to convince people that it's aliens. That's how they're going to do it, and that's what they do. And most people believe this, and there's way more people being abducted than actual statistics, like from MUFON, because that's all controlled too. They're always going to lie to you on the upside. You know what I mean? The numbers will be false. Um, It's unbelievable what's going on right under people's noses. But anyway, they can take you and pull you through a wall right up into a ship. Now, they're doing this, like, with, um, you know, cattle and stuff like that out in the countryside. People mm-hmm. have seen the cattle go right up into these um, – they don't have to be a ship. They can be a helicopter or something like that. But they also have um, technology that can um, take you through a wall, okay? Now, if if they have that, then guess what? They can manufacture a fake rapture. Think about this. They can pull people up into the sky or do whatever with them. They can actually pull this off. Um, I don't think I've talked about this on the show very much.
0: I I mean, I've never heard it.
1: Um, If you put a fake rapture on Google, you will hear people talking about it. It's basically people that don't believe... They're conspiratorialists. They're Christians. They don't believe in a pre-trib rapture, but they're suspicious that the Illuminati might try to pull something like that off.
0: There's videos of, um, like, uh, there's a video of. It's like a compilation video of different um, people recording, like, like they'll go outside and just kind of like record the sky. But hmm. it's not. It's not that they're trying to record the sky. It's the noises that are coming out of the sky that they're trying to record, and it's act- actual noises. Like uh, they're they're, I mean, they're trying to they're trying to say that it's like the 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 trumpets oh, you know, right, of heaven,
1: right, right. Yeah. but
0: like you can hear these noises, and it sounds like um, really like I don't know, really eerie, very very eerie. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if they can make if they can produce noises like that out of thin air, mm-hmm. I I could I guess I could I could uh imagine that they could pull off a fake Rapture.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of anomalous sounds out there. Um traditionally they have been associated with um these big engineering projects that they have in these underground uh facilities that they're always building. Uh so there's different types of noises. But they are – what they're doing is they're creating false apocalyptic events to get these Christians all whipped up, you know, the time is near and that kind of stuff. And it just – they're diluting them. And so I haven't actually listened to uh, a single YouTube video of what these things sound like because if I did, I might go, well, this doesn't sound anything like a trumpet. So, what you usually have something like that when it doesn't sound like a trumpet is these agents out there using the power of suggestion to say, "Well, that sounds like Gabriel's trumpet," and then people listen to it and they go, "Wow, it really does sound. It could be, a, you know, the trumpet of an angel." And then uh, all these um, controlled sites will start circulating that, and creating, uh, you know, hype, and then. People just start following like sheep. They do the same thing over and over again. Most people only consider ideas and thoughts that are dropped in their lap, and you can actually prove this. Unfortunately, you can actually prove that. That's why I sound so strange because I keep talking about things that people don't talk about because they haven't, they haven't actually exercised their minds very much. They're, I think, they're just too distracted and. Uh, I do a lot of thinking, but I don't watch very much YouTube videos. They mostly watch YouTube videos, stuff like that, you know. There's not a lot of creativity there. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch them. When I watch them, it stimulates my mind. I start taking notes and going, well, you know, I should do this more often. It's not like a bad thing or something. It's just that I just don't do it that much. I'm more of like a book type person, you know. But um, anyway, um, they have put out a remarkable number of pro- amount of propaganda in the New Age movement about a rapture that is actually, they're actually prepping people for a rapture. And this is for real. And a lot of these, you know, Christian pre-tribbers are all over this stuff. You know, that, because they're saying that the New Agers are prepping people for a real event to explain what happened. But as usual, these people are suffering from a lack of knowledge.
0: Do you know how long? Okay, I can recall this from probably since I was like three or four.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: every single time down the line, every single time without fail, where something bad or major would happen in the news or in the world, you know, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes out of my mom and dad's mouth is oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. The Lord is coming back soon. We better be ready. Yeah. And they've been saying that for so many years. And then, like, even now, it's, like, gotten worse. Like, my mom will say it all the time. Oh, my gosh, you know, so-and-so is committing adultery. Oh, my God, the Lord's coming back. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like for, for every little reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is um a method of interpreting reality that is, um you interpret the Bible through your... uh today's newspapers, and uh, the fact is, is that because of the, of the frailty of the the mind of man, um, the greatest minds that we've ever produced in Christianity assumed that the Second Coming was imminent in their generation, everybody assumed it was imminent, I mean, nobody said, oh, it's not going to happen in our day, there's always exceptions, you know, but that's the general belief system, and they were all wrong, just like you can prove that, you um, all the great men of Christianity were wrong about the identity of, of uh, the Antichrist because they, um, they speculated and they actually had candidates. A lot of times it was the Pope of their day. Everybody was wrong. And so one thing we conclude is that God did not reveal any of this to these people. But they didn't think that. You know? So aren't
0: these, aren't these people like paying attention to the Bible? Because doesn't the Bible even state that we're not going to even know who it is?
1: Uh, no, be more specific. You tell me the like, talk?
0: I could, I could have sworn that so, it says somewhere in the Bible that, um, like, we won't even really know. Like, you know, like we're all you got all these Christian people out there trying to speculate. Oh, oh, well, the Antichrist is Obama, or the Antichrist is going to be the Pope, or it's going to be the. But like, doesn't the Bible say somewhere that we're not going to know who it is?
1: Oh, um, I think you're talking about the day and the hour and the second coming in Matthew 24, but it doesn't talk about that in reference to the Antichrist, if what you're talking about. There's no passage that talks about we're not going oh, to know okay. his identity. But yeah, you're not going to know his identity unless it's clear on the obvious. Um, you'd have to, God would have to reveal it. Um, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of prophecy is structured such a way by God. You're, not, you're actually not supposed to know who it is. The value of the prophecy is you realize afterwards after it becomes a historical event, what's going on? And, that, and that's okay because it, it puts you in a historical timeline, and you go, "Oh, okay, here we are." And that's that's really valuable because people are always trying to figure out where we are. Or, or, usually, they assume they, you know, and they're always wrong because people. The main thing they do is that it's all imminent. It's all. It's everything is about to happen. Man, I've been hearing this stuff for 30 years, and everybody was flat dead wrong. They don't know what they're talking about.
0: I know. My mom said, my mom always laughs because she'll say, you know, even when, because my mom grew up in New York and she said that even when she was a little girl, um, the those guys, those homeless guys on the sides of the road, you know, on the, with the with the corner, at the street corner with their signs, you know, the Lord, the, the end is nigh. The Lord is coming back soon. Like, mm-hmm. they used to freak her out, she said. But she's been hearing that since she was a little girl. My mom's 55 years old. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it's pretty much ongoing from generation to generation among conservative um, Christians. If if somebody has more of a liberal mindset, they don't focus on on Bible prophecy very much. In fact, this needs to be said, in a local church setting, somewhat surprisingly, they actually don't talk about Bible prophecy very much. This is true. They don't talk about prophecy very much in a local church. They talk about other things. That doesn't really get into the sermon. If you've been to churches, you know, a few of them over the years, you actually know that. You go, oh, that's true. They don't talk about prophecy. There's a whole bunch of stuff they don't talk about. They just talk about very basic you know, subjects. Anything that's sensational or could potentially be the general rule, they just totally avoid that kind of stuff. It's all very mundane information. I wonder if church is boring, you know? A third of the Bible, approximately, has to do with Bible prophecy. That's what they tell us. How I don't know how you're going to investigate that, you know. So I've never done it, but um, that's what they say. So um, God must think it's pretty important. But the thing is. is Bible prophecy is qualitatively more important um, when things are about to happen now that's just basic common sense you know we enough time has gone by that um, these events that are supposedly supposed to happen uh, guess what they weren't that ha- they weren't that important 600 years ago you know to have knowledge about that because you're 600 years off but they didn't they didn't think that back then they thought it was important you know every generation thinks it's important and uh... You're all wrong. So the passage you're, you're thinking of probably has to do with uh, no man knows that day or hour.
0: Yeah, that's probably No, not
1: the angels or even the sun. But that's talking about um, the second coming. According to Jesus, that happened in the first century. Does that sound odd to you?
0: Um, it would have if this was the first time I heard it, but I've... Heard you. I've heard you talk about it many other times.
1: Well, he said um, all these things have been fulfilled in this generation, or will be fulfilled. You just believe what he said. So, you can have double fulfillments.
0: But can we, when it comes to this, in this particular case, like, do you think that that's the case here?
1: No, because... Um, there's a new Exodus.
0: See, that... Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that, I mean, because I'm agreeing with you, I don't think that Jesus would, you know, it says, you know, if if he came back in the first century, he's not going to then come again and then again and then again. You know what I mean? Like, if he said, you know, all these things will be fulfilled in, you know, in this time, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, then then so be it, you know, he's not going to, like, come back ten more times.
1: Well, he has to come back at some point, because in Revelation 21, he's, he's ruling on the throne, and he's in the midst of the people. So he'll come, he'll come, he'll come down from earth at some point. But he's not going to come down, at least the, the Christian version of a heavenly Christ. He's not going to come down. You know, like in a second coming scenario in the clouds, and then lead us on to Exodus for like 40 years. That doesn't make any sense at all. So um, the second coming either has to be significantly before that period or after it, because Israel has to be restored. And it's the same thing over and over again. In fact, what happened um, the first time around when they left Egypt, that was actually a prototype, historical prototype of what's going to happen. It has all these parallels right down the line. It's a bigger event. And it has a new Moses, and there'll be bigger miracles. And everyone will see it. And the Bible talks about all these things. It talks about these things in Micah 7. It talks about God doing the same kind of signs and wonders that He did back in Egypt. It actually says that. It says the nations will be in in fear of you, they'll be scared. Because this kind of power has never been displayed since then the illuminati will cower in fear they know
0: but i was just about to say that i said they know it's coming though
1: oh yeah and uh they know they can't challenge god and so does the devil they've had it good for a long time and they know their time see they believe in um what's called the divine right to rule when they say that divine, they're actually talking about God. They know who the Most High God is. They're not confused. They don't. They don't believe that Satan is the Most High God. They know that they worship a lesser, created being. They're not delusional. The people farther down the satanic hierarchy, as you, you gotta understand, it's a pyramidal system, okay? And as you move down, you have increasing delusionality. For instance, like people who believe that. We're going to over, Satan's going to overthrow God. And we're going to win in the end. The new world order will succeed. And Satan will rule through all eternity. These are people that are suffering from uh, a lack of knowledge. So like the people the elite, at the top... Like
0: the actual elites, they know that they're not going... They, they know that their end is imminent. Like they know that it's...
1: Well, the Bible tells us that there has to be an exodus... And then when they, when they come back from the Exodus, there's going to be a battle of Gog and Magog. You can see this in Ezekiel 38. So that's telling you right there that Israel over there is completely fake. That's just a distraction. And uh, so there's going to be a significant period of time um, before that battle occurs. And that's when they're going to be defeated. So um, after um, God's people leave on the Exodus, um, they'll, they'll have their new world order. But I also believe that there'll be a massive reduction of population. It's going to get real low. It's, you're going to have a Hunger Games scenario. You're going to have huge, fast tracks to land with hardly anybody there, in my estimation. I didn't used to believe this, so I I changed, you know. It was based on Revelation. And this would be compatible with the uh, Georgia Guidestones. I didn't used to believe it. I said that's... And, you know, I... I um. I criticize Christians because they say things like, um, I, I don't believe God would allow something like that to happen. I had the same mentality. I got, he's not going to allow the populace to be wiped out like that. I just didn't believe it. You know what I mean? And so I have a, um, I have a show about this that I did spontaneously with Johnny just off the cuff. You have to understand that um, in the ancient world or medieval world, whatever, first century – um, in order to have a, um, a massive um, downsizing of humanity, you have to have natural disasters. How are you going to do it? You know what I mean? I mean, God could just strike everybody down. You know what I mean? Um, but I believe he's going to do it again. If you look back at the reasons why he did this you're going well. why wouldn't he do it with these um, miserable representations of uh of mankind because these people are stripping the earth they're not doing anything significant uh for the earth or in most cases even for humanity they don't help their they're just selfish people who are programmed to consume and they're stripping the earth of everything they can get off of it. And they're, and they're just taking all this garbage and putting it in a, a garbage can. And somebody picks it up and it magically disappears. And they even destroy themselves. They just put nothing but poison in their body. They're not interested in learning anything unless it's going to give them uh, pleasure or power or security in the, near, in the reasonably near future. They're not interested in educating themselves. They're not interested in acting intelligently. And um, what everyone needs to understand is that this can't go on, just like before. Everything will be destroyed. So what God has done before is he's destroyed the population. That's what he did in uh, Genesis 6. You know, the Christian God did that. And the Bible says that... um, he, he's either going to do it again or he's already done it. Because it says it in Zephaniah 1, it's a, it's a cataclysm of fire if you keep reading there. He says, I will, I will wipe mankind off the face of the earth. And he's not talking about Noah's flood. And Christians don't talk about this. It's this awful reality. Now, I believe it already happened. But I believe there'll, there'll be another one. And what God's going to use this time is technology. Because now we have available means to, uh, to wipe out the population. And uh, ask yourself this question. What is the primary idol in our culture? Money. Uh, that's a good answer.
0: But it's not that.
1: Well... People are going to be, say they're going to say either sex money or technology. Um, I'm going to back off. I'm going to say cuz I've already said it before I don't want to be inconsistent. Yeah, money is the primary idol. But uh technology is um, I think it's in second place. And see people are looking to technology and science to replace God. It's a secular religion that's based around science. And uh, religion is looked at superstition. And so that's what people look to, you know, and put their – see, they, they're actually – you understand that people are actually putting their hope in man-made technology instead of putting their hope in God. You no, know, we can solve the problems on this planet. How are we going to do it? Trusting you know in God? No,
0: trusting in technology. Go ahead. You want to know why? Because it's, um, it's immediate and it's physical. And it's something that you can see and hold in your hand. Yeah. And people um, have gotten used to having something physical rather than something spiritual. So there's no more spiritual relationships. There's just... Mm-hmm. Everything's just physical now.
1: It's as easy as you can get, really.
0: It's been simplified. It's It's been simplified too much to the point where that's all humans crave now. It's not... Um, because it's immediate, it's in the palm of their hands. It's something that they could access. You know, they could. You can access talking to somebody across the world. Right now, in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when were when when in other in another period of time when were you able to do that? Never. Mm-hmm.
1: So most Christians don't really think about the fate of the wicked. Um, if they do and educate themselves a little bit what's supposed to happen is at the second coming everyone's resurrected so that that's what deals with this problem because they usually focus they have an unnatural focus on uh you know they talk about the rapture and stuff like that but um let's say that the um the the pre-trib rapture is true okay seven years go by that doctrine still teaches that everyone's resurrected and uh, the wicked too uh, actually there's different views out there some people say that this does not occur until the end of the age of the white, great white throne judgment uh, Jesus didn't teach that though he said that there'll be a a, resurre- a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked and he's not talking about 3,000 years in the future that's crazy he's talking about something that was imminent and um and so that's supposed to be the way that you deal with this problem. But I believe that already happened in the, uh, in the past. And so God is either going to deal with this problem now or he's going to wait till the exodus is over and uh, destroy these people at the Battle of Gog and Magog. So it comes down to whether he's going to do it now or wait longer. And I think he'll do it twice the the, the coming uh, battle is um, that's when the wicked are defeated which is kind of funny because people always assume that has to do with Armageddon Armageddon was a battle that took place in the first century with a prototypical, what we call a new world order that happened at the end of an age and uh, this is what the context of scripture says Jesus said, "I'm coming quickly." Revelation 22, Revelation 1:1 says, um, "This has to do with things that will soon take place." And the reason that um, Christians spiritualize the Book of Revelation is because they don't know that there was a, a worldwide cataclysm. If you know that, then you don't have to spiritualize those texts. And so, what they do, they place them in the future. But um,
0: I believe, and then and then remember what I told you. Um, and we've discussed this quite a few times. A lot of the excuse that they use for that is, um, you know, how they say that, like, uh, you know, for us, like, what you know, for what a thousand years is for us on Earth, it's like a day to God. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, that's why, you know, for us, it seems like it's taking so long for him to come back, but for him, it's like. hmm. But I mean, I in my I mean, for me, I think I agree more with like your position where if he says, you know, I'm coming soon, then he literally meant soon because God's not going to like speak you know, like he's he knows that he's talking to humans and he knows that humans. Um, we are on a uh, what do you call it? We're on a timeline. Mm-hmm. He's not on one. But he created us to be on a timeline. So if he's talking to us, he's going to talk to us in terms that we can understand. So if he says, I'm coming back soon, he means like soon in our time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not soon in his timing, soon in like our timing. So yeah, it cause... makes more sense that he would have come, come back in, in those days, you know.
1: Yeah, that's what Jesus uh, meant when he said, I'm, I'm coming quickly. Because the people were waiting for deliverance. They were suffering. They were being martyred, persecuted, tribulation. They already had tribulation. Look, look. it says this. Can people just please believe this? I mean, I think it's maybe like, um, it, I would say it's, look around like uh, Revelation 1.5 or the latest like Revelation 1.7. But he, John actually says he's in the tribulation. He says, I'm a partaker of the tribulation. It's right in the text. You know what I mean? The tribulation is here. I'm in it. According to John, he says that. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that revelation is fulfilled in the first century. It's um, It has double fulfillment. And you would need um, revelation to figure out, because I don't think that all of it has double fulfillment. I don't think that Revelation 19 you know, the right around the right white horse, I think that was fulfilled in the first century, even though that sounds very strange to Christians. But, um, they basically got psyoped and got left behind. And that series, called Left Behind Series, that's a mockery of the fact that we've all been left behind and most Christians are going to be left behind again because they don't understand what God is doing or what he's going to do. And, um, uh, it basically has to do, like I said before, that the Messiah that um, the Jews are waiting for, that's the Messiah that's coming. And the Messiah that um, people were waiting for in the first century, he sent them a heavenly Messiah. They couldn't comprehend. Because the scripture goes into detail that the guy that's coming is, Right down the line, he's exactly what the Jews are waiting for. They understood their Bibles, you see. They just didn't expect Jesus to come along. You know, Christ, they didn't see that. You know? But yeah, he'll be a mighty military leader and a priest and a a prophet, a king, all those things thrown together. He'll be like well, what he is, you can—he's—he's he's the greater Solomon, and I'm totally convinced that. Um, well, you can—you can use scripture to prove that he's greater than Solomon. There's going to be gold. I was just looking at these passages the other day, because I got this psyop out there um, about this lion. And I just kind of glanced at it and I go, oh, that must have something to do with the uh, Davidic prince. But I think it was Spirit Queener was talking about this and Johnny pointed it out to me. I just forgot about it. I recognize it had to do with him, but he went into some detail and I haven't heard about it. But yeah. They're doing this stuff all over the place. About the king and the queen. They usually focus on the queen. But um you know, the gold and the and the lion that has to do with Solomon. And the unbelievable amount of wealth that's gonna be poured in this kingdom, it talks about it says the wealth of the nations, you know. And Chris has simply assumed that the heavenly Christ will be ruling on the throne, but he's not there. You don't see him in the last eight chapters of Ezekiel. So they have to be wrong. And he will be ruling for a long time, actually until the end of the age. The Bible clearly teaches that. So, anyway. Well, I'm going to go ahead and try okay. to get to bed. Yeah, it's good talking to you.
0: All right, you too, Dave. Yeah, take care now, Chris. All right, have a good night. Bye. Oh, bye